0: Welcome to the Daily Boogie.
1: Hello everyone, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. Yes, the usual. Drink, beverage, snack, meal. Maybe a sit down, maybe a steak. How about an omelette? I've heard this show goes really well with an omelette bacon pieces onion and gentlemen welcome to another edition of the daily boogie podcast i am boogie bumpy your host hopefully for the next hour or so we'll see how we go thank you so much for joining us it's an absolute pleasure to be with you once again on the final show of the week the wednesday night edition hope you've had a lovely day i certainly have and the fit is hitting the metaphorical shan my (laughs) friends another one of those days where you have a whole bunch of shit planned and then somebody the usual guy Agent Orange you know Captain Bone Spurs the Orange Menace Drumpf he just has to waltz in I think it's like he acts like he's the most powerful guy in politics or something you know that, you know that kind of arrogance that he has he just likes to waltz in and fuck up everybody's plans doesn't care about the little guy didn't give me a phone call Hey, Bugs, just whatever you got planned, just put it on the back burner for now, okay? Gonna be doing some shit this morning. (laughs) I'm gonna be saying some shit, doing some shit. So whatever you've got, whatever stupid little story you've got lined up, like, uh, you know, what do you normally talk about over there? Like the, the AI dildos, is that what you do? The sex robots? Yeah, don't worry about that. Put that shit on the back burner for now. Trust me. Yeah, Trumpy messed up my plans and everybody else's. So we're going to get into that. Uh, if you'd like to become a supporter of the show, please head over to patreon.com forward slash boogie bumper, become a subscriber by hitting the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you would like to fuck up my plans, then you can do so by following me on Twitter at boogie bumper. Uh, people who were long time listeners to this show. If you were listening late last year, <clears throat> pardon me. And and to be fair, I can't remember if I made this bold prediction on Trust and Verify with the Fly Flying Hawaiian James or on this program here. But I did make a prediction at the end of last year. To be fair, it wasn't very bold. It was the shortest priced favorite prediction that could have been. And it was this. <clears throat> it wasn't profound. I said, my prediction for 2019 is regardless of what side of the political aisle you're on, And regardless of your own personal ideology, you know, the policies you like, whatever, regardless of what team you're on, quote unquote team, uh, next year, being this year, the shit is going to hit the fan. And everybody is going to get, if not covered in it, they will get a little splatter from time to time. They might have to do that move where they wipe off their tie at the dinner table, but trying to do it so nobody notices That they don't know how to eat spaghetti properly. They don't do the twirl. I really hate people that don't know how to do the twirl with the fork. But to be fair, I really try to avoid spaghetti at all costs. I'd much rather have a penne. Something I can stab. I like to stab with my fork. I really like the little seashells actually. Where you can fill up the little seashell. With your bolognese sauce or your alfredo. Or whatever topping it is you prefer. But putting that to one side... Uh, there are a lot of people right now who are getting shit on their, on their tie. And they're trying desperately to clean it off. And there are other people who are just covered in mountains of shit. <laughs> I think everybody's getting a taste. But today, it was somebody else's turn. So let's, let's get right into it, shall we? You're on the Daily Boogie. Thank you so much for joining us. Let's kick it off with this. Now... I haven't, I haven't really watched this press conference. I didn't have much time to prepare for the show before we started, so I did just skip around and look for parts, and I found two parts in particular that I want to examine with you. Let's go, let's go over it. Let's break it down, <laughs> dude. Fuck pasta. <laughs> you don't like pasta? I'm sorry. We're going to have to derail the show at this point. Poppy Lane is in the chat saying, "Fuck pasta." How can you not like pasta? Seriously. I cook uh home cooked pasta every single Saturday night. Pretty much. And like every now and then I miss a Saturday night. But it's basically a tradition, home cooked pasta. And it takes me like eight hours to make the sauce. If you have if you had have ever tasted my pasta that I make, you would not be in this chat saying fuck pasta. That's almost a treason. That's like treason that's a that's a hangable offence to say fuck pasta. In fact, get the fuck out. No, I'm just kidding. You can stick around. Fuck pasta. God. I, who would have thought that would be the thing that would outrage me today? We haven't even got to we haven't even got to Adam Schiff yet. I've got Adam Schiff's press conference all lined up, and now you've got me all riled up with your insane, irrational hatred of pasta. Yes, eight hours. That's how long I cook it for. <laughs> eight hours on the stove. Stirring every five minutes. No, not every five minutes. Pa- See, people is, people in the chat saying pasta is not good for you. We've been eating pasta for a hell of a long time. Look, if there, there are worse things for you than pasta. Pasta has sustained the people of the Mediterranean and in other forms, you know, noodles and whatnot. I mean, shit, the Qin Dynasty in China. Basically ruled thanks to the soft, broad noodle. Pasta is great for you. Carbohydrates are nature's red bull. Gives you wings, baby. Alright, we need to get right back on track. This is... (laughs) This show is going to be a fucking dumpster fire. Very few people want to talk about the dumpster fire. But I will put it out. That great commercial. So there's a couple of little pieces that I identified here in this Trump press conference. The first one is this. Like I said, I didn't really watch it, I kind of skipped around. But I think I think we'll get to the important stuff. People when they tune into this broadcast, when they tune into this show, they know that we're gonna be hitting on the big issues, the real important stuff. The stuff that everybody else seems to miss, but we don't miss it here. Right here, we're hyper focused, we're hyper aware on all of those little details that nobody else wants to pay attention to. Let me give you detail number one.
2: Thank you, Thank you. Now,
1: watch Trump very closely here. He's going, to, he's going to show you a rare talent, another thing that he does incredibly well that you had no idea about. Look at this. Hey, hey, hey. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck was that? <laughs> what the fuck was that little move suddenly the most powerful man in the world the, the orange menace who has his finger on the button would you like to give this guy the nuclear codes what the hell was he doing there <laughs> just a the little jump and a hop and a skip up to the dais a little wink to the reporters Hey, he's very light on his feet I had no idea The guy could be a ballroom dancer with this kind of stuff. We'll see you again. That we're all concerned about paying appropriate respect to those who have departed before us. He's he's right over his shoulder too. If I was the guy with the purple tie reading right, and look at Trump like right there. (laughs) (laughs) Like no breathing space. Is it considered poor etiquette to turn around to the President of the United States and say, bro, can you back it up a bit? Who are you, Joe Biden? What, are you trying to sniff my hair or something? Come on, man. Give a brother space. I need space to work. And he's right there, right on top of the guy. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you both of the presidents for supporting this.
3: Thank you, fantastic,
1: Joe. Thank you. Be careful. Oh, oh! And the move. He ignored the Finnish prime minister. See, I'm almost convinced. We're going to get to, like, the things that he was saying to the press, and it was dynamite stuff he was he was he was giving it to him both barrels in this press conference he was absolutely take no prisoners Schiff, <laughs> you son of a bitch it was relentless but <laughs> so he's standing standing right over this guy i don't even know who the fuck this guy is but then the finnish prime minister or the finnish president leans in goes for the um goes for the handshake and then psych Sake that we're all concerned. So I'm surprised. I would. I wouldn't be surprised if the headlines coming out of this press uh, press conference was Donald Trump ignores Finnish Prime Minister's gesture. You know what I mean? Instead of anything that he says. But we'll get to that.
4: By paying appropriate uh, respect to those who have uh, departed before. us. So
1: thank you, thank you both of the presidents for supporting this.
3: Thank you, fantastic, thank, you be careful.
1: thank you, He even. He even tried to grab his shirt. He even tried to grab his coat. If you look very carefully, the Finnish president actually touches Trump on the arm as if to say, don't leave me hanging, bro. Come on, man. Don't leave me hanging out here. <laughs> he didn't even feel it. He has no feelings.
3: Fantastic, yeah.
2: Look there. Look at
1: that. <laughs> He's tugging on his, on his jacket. As though he were a small child in the aisle of Walmart, walking past the children's toys. Mum. 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 Hey, mum, mum, mum. Mum. Hey. 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 Look. Look over there. Mum, look at this. See the toy? Look, I want a Barbie doll. One of the gender non-conforming ones, though. Oh, he committed. He absolutely committed. Once you're grabbing the, the um the coat, once you're grabbing the jacket, the suit jacket, that's like there's no coming back from there. <laughs> Maybe Trump ignored him on purpose. Like, why the hell are you touching my fabric? Do you, do you know how expensive this suit jacket is? You know, I have the best suits. I have a tremendous tailor. And this, this jacket right here was handcrafted by hurricane victims in Puerto Rico, made out of paper towels and the remains of their homes. So I don't really, this is far too expensive for you, sir. This is far too expensive. Don't you dare touch my, my threads, brother. Oh, big snub. And then the whoop-de-doo and the little wink. Thank you. He looks really under pressure, doesn't he? When he's up there doing little skips, when he's winking to the reporters. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> I love when they say he's terrified. He's petrified, as this guy. He doesn't know what to do. Uh, look very carefully. I want you to tell me if this is the look of a terrified man. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> all right you sons of bitches let's get to the questions
3: oh, jeff go ahead
0: thank you sir uh, thank jeff you. mason from reuters
1: um, thank you sir thank you sir jeff mason from reuters are there no reporters anymore who speak more like like i would be willing to accept you know football commentators at this point you know what i mean mr president i've got something that's going to hit you right between the eyes how about a little bit of pizzazz how about a little bit of emphasis how about a little bit of x factor i mean look at the look at look at the look that trump is giving this guy already <laughs> maybe that's why maybe that's why he's talking in that very sheepish voice uh uh yes mr president um uh, Jeff from uh, AP Reuters. You guy, he's got a microphone on him. You can still barely hear the guy. Uh, uh, hello, Mr. President. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't want to bother you. Uh, sorry, I know you're very busy. Um, I just have a couple of uh, like questions, if you wouldn't mind, wouldn't mind asking, please.
0: Well, Mr. President, I'd like to ask you about your use of the word treason. Mm-hmm. You've used it uh, repeatedly in the last few days. Do you consider anyone who opposes you
3: treasonous no, no. i consider
1: when. it's amazing that this shit used to work but then it's it, it's not a trump heisenberg says trump says are you talking to me he's doing it are you saying that trump is doing a de niro because that would be the ultimate tribute wouldn't it <laughs> what the hell would robert de niro say then headline, Trump impersonates Robert De Niro. I'm a big fan. Really love Robert De Niro's movies. He's a very talented actor. In fact, I think he's acting pretty much all the time. I think he's sensational. Very talented guy. Are you talking to me? That's one of my favorite movies. What is it about the cab driver? You know, I love the cab drivers. I always talk to the cab drivers in New York. One day, I hope to meet the cab driver from Taxi. Taxi driver. I think it was a taxi. We don't call them taxis in New York. What the hell was that? But I hope to meet Robert De Niro driving his taxi one day, tell him I'm a big fan. I don't know how he hid that gun in that jacket.
3: He's very industrious. <laughs> you talking to me? Huh? 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 And they lie when they stare, stand before our great body in our great chamber, and they make up a story that's fiction, like shifted. did. He took that perfect conversation I had with the Ukrainian president perfect, and he made it into a total lie. It was a total fabrication. And you do admit that it was a total fabrication.
1: <laughs> I love the way he presents total fabrication. There's going to be a few little um, rhetorical tricks. I think of what Trump's very good at little words that he slips in from time to time, the way he emphasizes certain things. Um we did the we did the whole uh transcript thing on Monday show for those who missed it if you want to go back and have a look the Finnish president looks like he is going to crack up laughing any minute maybe but you know Finnish people are known for their cheery exterior <laughs> Of course I'm joking the <laughs> the Finnish people are often the most boring people on planet earth if you have the pleasure of talking to one at some point So This is just write-out lies here. Oh, is it? Well, no, Adam Schiff did make up a whole story, make up a whole narrative as the head of the Intelligence Committee. But I'm not going to go over old ground because it wouldn't be fair to the people who were listening on Monday. But essentially what I did is take the little clip from Adam Schiff speaking as the head of the Intelligence Committee where he made up a story. What Trump was saying was... and. What Trump meant was, and just like basically filling in all the gaps, making it dramatic, and I suspect this was because uh, they were thrown off by the fact that Trump did release the transcript. I don't think that they would have liked that. It would have been more, they would have had more soil to till if they had have been able to allude to the transcript and allege what was in the transcript without it actually being released. But further to that, the the thing that is most ridiculous about this and the thing that you won't hear any of the corporate press talking about is the fact that the president of the Ukraine himself was sitting next to Donald Trump and said, no, no, uh, they were cracking jokes at the press. If you want to talk about people cracking up laughing, the president of the Ukraine and Donald Trump were laughing in the faces of the reporters at how ridiculous they were. Saying things like, "Hey, hey, it's well, you know, it's better to meet in person than have conversation on phone." Am I right? <laughs> yeah, this guy, this guy over here, he's a hell of a guy, funny guy. They were talking about a meeting, and he's like, "Oh, well, I, I don't know when the meeting was. Uh, I don't know when the meeting uh, happened." And, uh, and Trump's like, "Oh, don't worry, they'll tell you." President of the Ukraine's like, "Yes, they know before we do." <laughs> But there was no pressure, no push, no push. I want to thank uh, United States. I want to thank Donald Trump for uh, support for the Ukraine. It's all very cordial, handshaking, smiling. But then you flip over the channel. You've got Adam Schiff and Nancy Pelosi and the others going, Donald Trump was holding the president of the Ukraine hostage with American taxpayers' money. And then you flip back to the press conference between Trump and the president of the Ukraine and they basically got their arm around each other. (laughs) Do you believe these fucking guys, huh? Do you believe the shit they're talking about over here? Unbelievable. And you go back. He was putting, he was committing an act of, of terror. He was holding the Ukrainian people hostage. He was trying to pressure them to help his own political campaign. You flip back to the president of Ukraine I want to thank Donald Trump for his support his very good conversation there was no push no pressure it's not uh you know it's uh, not the way you say how do you say so it's all it's all rather like it's it's on the upper end of the ridiculous scale I can't think of many things that have been more more obviously false and more obviously ridiculous. There's the transcript. Don't even worry about the transcript. If you if you want to read into it, if you want to infer things, if you want to say, well, when he was saying, can you do me a favor, what he was really talking about, because you're some kind of talented fucking mind reader. If that's the way you view yourself. And okay, if you are, just say you are some talented kind of fucking mind reader. In order for that to be true, in order for that to be accurate, you have to completely discount the testimony of the guy who was apparently being pressured in the phone call. You have to ignore everything that the president of the Ukraine said in that press conference, which requires a whole nother level of stupidity. Which requires a whole nother level of hubris because now you're saying you know better not only what is in Trump's head than what Donald Trump does, but what is in the head of a guy who doesn't even speak English. You know the thoughts of the president of the Ukraine better than the president of the Ukraine knows them himself. Do you speak Ukrainian? (laughs) What about Russian? I'll take Russian. I'm sure he knows a little bit of Russian. Do you speak Russian? If you can't speak the native tongue of the Ukraine, I do not want to hear what you think the president of the Ukraine was thinking when he came out and shot Grand Canyon-sized holes in the side of your bullshit story. No more story. Gone. No pressure. No push. Thank you, Mr. Trump. We love America. I love America. Thank you so much for your support, Mr. Trump. That's how, that's how detached from reality you have to be, to ignore all of that.
3: <laughs> but
1: let's carry on, shall we?
3: He said this is what, and the only ones that don't like my conversation are the ones that never read it, but they heard <laughs> shifty shift. Shifty shift. That's what I call a lie, <clears throat> and because of the fact that he's, he's lying about the President of the United States and as to what the President says, you know, I... I Believe it or not, I watch my words very carefully. There are... <laughs>
1: <laughs> the thought of that just makes me giddy because I can just imagine I'm looking forward to Slate and Salon and Mother Jones and Vox and all of the other little corners of the internet that I like to follow, like that I like to keep an eye on, that I like to dip my toe in to get the hottest of hot takes. I can't wait for these people to say, well... Donald Trump told another lie because he said that he watches his words very carefully. Here's 45 instances of Donald Trump saying things that he shouldn't have said. (laughs) I can't wait for that. Because for me, that's going to be like a walk down memory lane. It's going to be like, oh yeah, remember that time when he said that shit about the Mexicans? I forgot about that. I'm going to put that up on the fridge.
3: (laughs) Those that think I'm a very stable genius, okay? I watch my words very, very closely. And to have somebody get up and to totally fabricate a conversation that I had with another leader Mm. and make it sound so bad, it was so evil. And now I see this that just came out minutes ago where he met at a time that was impossible to have done unless there's-
1: I see this. And he just just pulls out the corner of the envelope out of his pocket. Doesn't hold it up. Doesn't allude to it in any great detail. I see this. I have something tucked right here. Right here in my suit jacket. The suit jacket that is far too expensive for the president of Finland to touch. Right here. Right next to my ticker.
3: Corruption involved. And just so you know, we've been investigating on a personal basis through Rudy and others, lawyers, corruption in the 2016 election we've been investigating corruption because oh i probably will i was going to definitely but i probably will be bringing a lot of litigation against a lot of people having to do with the corrupt investigation
1: now this is where it gets fun
3: because there
1: are many things you can say about donald trump whether you like him or hate him If you hate him, you'll say the obvious things that he's dumb and he's a, you know, he's a puppet of Russia, which is interesting because he was trying to get the president of the Ukraine to buy weapons from the United States to fight Russians. So I do find the puppet of Russia line. Have you noticed that that nobody says that anymore? Have you noticed that nobody mentions that he's a Russian puppet anymore? Why is that? (laughs) Where did that story go? Hey, where are you going? Where are you going? What happened to the Russia story? Come on, man. We were just getting warmed up here. So he was trying to get the president of the Ukraine to buy weapons from the United States to fight Russians in the Ukraine. Or at least Russian-aligned militia groups. Okay? Anybody from Eastern Europe will tell you that there are a fair few of these groups. So... So all of a sudden, we've dropped the Russian puppet story. Uh, No, 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 he's not a Russian puppet anymore. He's just a corrupt guy who controls the president of the Ukraine by pressuring him to do him favours. Ah, okay. Okay. Uh, The president of the Ukraine who hates Russia, incidentally. Like, remember when there was the pro-Russian government in the Ukraine that was kicked out from a coup? Remember when Barack Obama was bragging about it? effect that they were having in the ukraine do you remember when barack obama um allowed russia to take a big slice of the crimea do you remember that remember that ah it doesn't matter russia 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 so he was trying to get the president of the ukraine to buy russian uh to buy american arms to fight russians a big russian puppet
3: having to do with the 2016 election For example. and i have every right to do that because
1: But if there's one thing that you can say about Donald Trump, whether you like him or not, is that he's not afraid of the inside of a courtroom. I don't know how many court cases Donald Trump has been involved in and how many he has won, but he's won more than he's lost. From my understanding, Donald Trump is fairly litigious in his previous civilian life. And he probably has enough money. This might be going out on a limb. He probably has enough money to hire some very talented lawyers, which confuses me why he would have that, that guy from New York, that sniveling little weasel. Well, you know, I was in a car once with Donald Trump and uh, uh, he said some bad things. He said some very rude and offensive things when I was in uh, the back of the limousine there. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm doing this for my family. Uh, and I want to I want to admit my guilt I did bad things for Donald Trump and he said he, he said bad things about blacks in the back of the limousine there. I remember I was there and uh, you know he shouldn't even be president because of that. Michael Cohen, ladies and gentlemen. They've seen now boogie boarding no abuse of power to see here but I've, I've just explained. Like, I, now you're doing the thing where you're just literally blocking out. I gave you not, I didn't say nothing to see here. I gave you all the reasons why you are, why you couldn't be more wrong. And again, if the president of the Ukraine coming out and saying that you're wrong, when you're accusing Donald Trump of pressuring the president of the Ukraine isn't enough for you, then nothing will be enough for you. It's one of those things. I used to get in a lot more more arguments about politics and stuff when I was a bit younger, when I was a bit more brash. But now I've learned in my older age to identify the people who cannot be reached with reason. And you identify them pretty quickly because it's the kind of people when you say things like, uh, you know, when the key witness in your argument says the exact opposite of what you're saying. And that means nothing to you. Like you can just completely push that to one side and then just carry on. Then I I have nothing to give you. Like I, we cannot have a conversation at that point because you're just now in the in the mold of believing what you want to believe instead of seeing what happened, and you you've lost the ability to rationalise things. You've lost the ability to commit yourself to reason and reality. So I, you know, good luck with that. (laughs) Good luck with the story. It's fine, but hey, you can can carry on. I don't block people. I don't mute people. I don't ban people. And to be fair, people are saying, oh, move on, Boogie. The only reason that I'm engaging in this conversation, it's not so much for me and the person who I'm engaging with, but it's for other people who will be watching this show. It's for other people who will be watching this, and they'll say, how the hell can that guy keep carrying on with that story when the president of the Ukraine said the exact opposite thing. And they're going to read the comments and they're going to decide for themselves and it'll be fun. So thank you for playing.
3: Because the way they've treated me and other people, they've destroyed people, they've destroyed their lives with a phony charge that never existed. And that was collusion, never existed. And you had 18 people that hated Donald Trump and you had Bob Mueller that hated Donald Trump. And in the end, they couldn't find one damn thing. I could find it on you. They couldn't find (laughs) one thing about Donald Trump having to do with collusion. This is after two years and spending $42 million. Does
1: anybody get the impression that he's starting to get a little pissy? (laughs) I mean, to be fair, on Monday we were saying how cool and calm and collected he is. Uh, There's a little bit less cool, calm and collected now. Have you noticed? (laughs)
3: And I've been looking at that long and hard for a long period of time. How it started, why it started, it should never happen to another president, ever. But I've been talking about it from the standpoint of bringing a major lawsuit, and I've been talking about it for a long time. We've been investigating Uh the corruption having to do with what they did to my people. They destroyed many many people. They came down to Washington to do a great job. just wonder I just
1: wonder I'm not a I'm not a guy who's the other thing that we have to take you know if we're being honest here one thing that we have to take as on board as you know a fundamental truthism if I can say such a thing is that Donald Trump does have uh, a, a somewhat of a history while he's in office of threatening things and then not following through there was closing the border didn't do that right? Uh, certain tariffs on Canada and stuff didn't do that. People say that he flip-flops. I tend to think that it's more of, um, you know, a strong arm kind of negotiation style where he gives you the worst possible case and then walks it back a little bit. So I'm not going to get excited over investigation because to be fair, I've heard the word investigation so much over the last three years that it's kind of like, it's kind of like good morning, you know. <laughs> Something you hear every day. That, regardless of what kind of a morning you're having, you know, people just still say it anyway. So, but we'll see. I do find it interesting that he's bringing this up. I do find it interesting that he's using this particular moment and this particular time to bring this up.
3: And they left home, they left Washington dark. They were dark. They came down here, I say, bright-eyed and bushy.
1: Oh, yeah, people uh, in the chat saying the investigation is happening. The investigation might well be happening, but that doesn't mean that anything's going to happen at the end of it. And this would be another good time to remind people that an indictment is not a guilty plea. An indictment is not a guilty verdict. An investigation is not a guilty verdict. You know, uh, an inquiry is not a guilty verdict. We seem to have lost... Our, our balance when it comes to stuff. And, you know, the Dems are a prime example. Oh, we're going to have an inquiry. Oh, that means he's guilty. No, it doesn't. <laughs> and other people on the other side say, well, there's going to be an investigation. Well, that means they're guilty. No, it doesn't. They might even be guilty, but that doesn't mean that you're going to be able to prove it. So there's a lot of stuff that has to happen. And I think, you know, culturally... In the Western world now, I think we've been trained to be like hypersensitive to certain terms and certain allegations and certain inferences that we drag out. And I don't know whether it's, you know, by and large, the cause of the corporate press or if we're doing it to ourselves, which then makes the corporate press react to what we think, you know what I mean? It could be a chicken and egg kind of thing. But I do think that um, we have a tendency as a population in Western countries to, make mountains out of molehills and we we make the mundane things the important things and the important things the mundane things we love to be you know we love to sensationalize everything yeah it's a great example space force droid impeachment doesn't mean removal exactly so it's just one of those things Be, be 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 stay calm stay rational right
3: Detailed. They wanted to do a great job for the people. They wanted to do a great job. We won the election. And then great job, they get served with subpoenas. Great job, everybody. All these subpoenas. Now look at Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi hands out subpoenas like, you know, she has to approve it. She hands out subpoenas like they're cookies.
1: Oh, Ben's ben saying we've got half the Pennsylvania Amish trolls in here, Boogie. Hope they learn something. Uh, in the spirit of giving, in the spirit of kinship, I would like to learn something. Uh, I really need a good recipe for butter. So if we do have some Amish trolls in the chat, if you could, through a series of uh, one-sentence posts in the chat, give me the the start to finish of making your own butter. I don't care if it takes you the rest of the show, but please, uh, if you could focus on that, and then, you know, we can exchange wisdom. That would be wonderful. Thank you for joining us, by the way, Amish people. I, I hope this doesn't send you to hell.
3: You want a subpoena here you go take them like they're cookies paul (laughs) ryan would never give anybody a subpoena he wouldn't give them when mark meadows went in to talk he wouldn't give them when Jim. you want a subpoena everybody gets a subpoena here have a subpoena just take them like they're cookies
1: (laughs) he does have a great way of speaking i love it there's another thing whether you like the guy or dislike the guy you have to, like, this is one of those truthisms, again, regardless, you might really, really hate the guy, but you have to uh, at least respect his ability to communicate in such a way that uh, the average person who really is probably really sick of politics and sick of uh, focus group slogans and that kind of thing, he really does have a way of a very natural way of speaking. I've, I've told this story before. Uh, my wife... You know, in her line of work, part of it is identifying people in, you know, with the potential of leadership in corporate roles and then training them. And she watches all of this stuff when she's dealing with people that she's training to take leadership roles in, you know, in the corporate world. And it's a lot of it's about presentation, uh, even how you stand, and more than just how you stand, how you make eye contact. It's your way of speaking, the words that you use, how quick you are on your feet, this kind of thing. She is completely disinterested in politics.'t she has no interest in pol, in the political world whatsoever, which is great because if she did, we'd probably be divorced by now because <laughs> she's a bit of a lefty. But she doesn't know it because she doesn't do politics, right? So I sat her down and made her watch uh, a Trump speech once because I was interest, genuinely interested. She's a, she's a woman with you know over a decade of expertise in this area. And I made her watch a Trump speech just to see what she thought. And she said, he's full, the term is fully expressed. And I said, what does that mean? And she said, he's not, he's not acting in any way. There's no hiding. He's not within himself. If you look at the other speakers up on the dais, when they speak, they're checking themselves constantly. They're constantly reading their own minds to say, should I put my hand here? Should I talk this way? Should I look over there? Constantly questioning. He does none of that. And that's the kind of thing that, you know, people naturally gravitate to because whether they can consciously identify the signs, like someone like my wife can, um, the reason that it works is because it naturally triggers things in your brain to say, this is a person who knows what they're talking about. This is a person with high confidence, uh, with a high level of proficiency, whether it's true or not. These are the signals that go on, right? So whether you like or dislike the guy or not, it's little things like that, you know, handing out subpoenas like they're cookies, right? It's little things like that that um, the average person would identify even on a subconscious level. And they would see it as like an endearing thing, but also uh, somebody who's in complete control and understands what they're doing and what they're saying.
3: Jordan went in when Devin Nunes, he would go in and they'd see Paul. I'm not saying wrong or right, but Paul Ryan no let's talk about it that's a big thing to give it's a, us a- it's
1: a talent basically it's a skill and it's a skill that uh, a lot of patients, a lot of politicians might have had this skill when they went into politics but they probably train themselves out of it they probably do a lot of media training they probably get used to trying to finagle their language in certain ways to appeal to certain people at certain times and they probably so good at it that they they think in spin after a few years in the system right Like they can't just come out and say things anymore because they've been so trained to not do that. So it'd be very difficult. Even when they have downtime, their brain has been rewired to present themselves in a certain way. And I think one of the main reasons why this guy is even in the White House in the first place, and one of the things that people who really hate him fail to recognize and fail to understand, is that. The, the way that he got voted in the the states that were Democrat for 30 years how they flipped to vote for Trump the the record amount of first-time voters who voted for Trump it doesn't it didn't signal to me ever that this was some kind of white uprising that just made no sense because the previous the, they voted for Barack Obama in those states before this guy so it wasn't some kind of white uprising that's ridiculous what it? what it signaled to me was a population that wasn't necessarily sick of the Democrats. They were just sick of politics. Full stop. Sick of politics and sick of politicians, which is why they voted for the guy who wasn't one. Do you see what I'm saying? Sick of the Republican party, sick of the Democrat party, sick of all the bullshit. So they voted for the one guy who wasn't one of them. And then when you add in the other things, like like I said, how he presents himself and how he speaks, then it just you know adds fuel to that fire, in my opinion.
3: Subpoena. Let's talk about it. Two weeks later, they're still talking. They wanted subpoenas to investigate the corrupt Democrats and the corrupt people on the other side. Paul Ryan would not give subpoenas. Nancy Pelosi, here you go, take it. Who wants a subpoena? Every.
1: So he just kicked. He just kicked. If you again, if you want another example. He's just kicked a former Republican Speaker of the House right in the balls on the national stage. Like, he's just kicked one of his own team in the teeth. Right there. He wouldn't hand out subpoenas. They wouldn't do it. But fuck him. Nancy Pelosi, on the other hand, here, here you go, here you go, here you go. Like, like again. <laughs> That's the kind of thing that uh people who are sick of politics. This is the kind of thing that they identify. I say, really, did he just, did he just kick one of
3: his own guys in the face? It's incredible. <laughs> Day you get subpoenas. And Paul Ryan was actually right, probably, because they should never, ever allow a thing like this to happen to our country again. Thank you very much,
0: Mr. please. Mr. President, can you just make clear right here what do you or what?
1: See, now people saying Ryan wasn't on our team. And now I, I agree with the sentiment. But what I'm talking about here is the label, right? Republican, the Republican guy. So I agree with the Senate. And that's, again, people are, you, you, people are now making the case for me that they voted for the guy who wasn't one of the teams, who wasn't part of one of the teams. Whether he's a Republican or a Democrat, I think is pff, largely irrelevant. It's, it's perhaps more relevant that his pathway to the White House was um, easier thanks to the Republican, the way that the Republican Party is set up, how they nominate people, how they nominate candidates, blah, blah, blah. No super delegates, right? I mean, ask Bernie Sanders about the superdelegate system, how much that works for people, how much that works for the little guy. And I know they've made some changes to it, but that wasn't the case back then. So they voted for the guy who wasn't part of the team. And it's another thing I say too, people um, want to talk, they, they want to consider it and you know, it's right versus left. It's me versus you. And I'm, I've always been of the opinion, by and large, although I do like to point the finger at the really insane ones <laughs> from time to time. Um, by and large, it's, it's really, we shouldn't be looking at it as uh, me, the voter versus you, the voter. We should be looking at it as us, the voters versus them, the politicians. Like, that's the real problem. The real problem is for too long, for far too long, politicians and the political class have taken us all for granted. And we're out here pissing and moaning about uh, what what toilets people should pee into and, and all this kind of rubbish. And all the while, they're eating lunch on our dime. Doing whatever the hell they want. And at the top, in Western politics, it's the same. It doesn't matter if it's the United States or Canada or New Zealand or Australia or the UK. At the top of the tree, for the longest time, there's, there's very little difference between the two major parties. It's mostly a show. You say the right things at the right times, you get elected. You say the right thing at the wrong time, you don't. You say the wrong thing at the right time, you don't. But it's funny how often you'll have a discussion with somebody once you strip the partisanship out of it, once you strip the hyperbole out of it, when you have a, a, a one-on-one conversation with somebody, when once you get rid of all the ego and the dick measuring and all that kind of bullshit that happens on the internet, but once you get rid of that, it's amazing how much people actually agree on, by and large. And they might disagree around the edges with certain things here and there, but Uh, you know, the fundamentals. Most people probably agree.
0: Did you want President Zelensky to do with regard to Joe and Hunter Biden?
3: If you look at what he said, okay, and he brought it up. I think he brought up the name Rudy Giuliani. What I want is the following. And I've said this loud and clear. We have our ambassadors here. We have Mike Pence here. Why are we the only ones that give the big money to the ukraine we give money to ukraine and it's bothered me from day 1 and you have plenty of people just here
2: oh
1: he's he's trying to hide something guys
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's being so secretive and covert and underhanded by coming out and openly admitting that he doesn't want to give money to the ukraine but and he's he's asking why the hell do we do this <laughs> He's got something to hide. Okay. <laughs> have you ever have you ever seen a politician say something like that before? Openly questioning the amount of foreign aid that they give to somebody else. Have you ever seen that before? Or is it is or is it more like this kind of thing? Well, we understand that we live in a global community, and as a good global citizen, it is on us to help uh, inspire other countries around the world and provide uh, support for them in these very uh, important programs that they are engaged in. We're very proud. We're very pleased to say that we have invested heavily in the education system in countries like the Ukraine, which we feel will uh, provide dividends in the future because we really need to invest in the children, you see. It's very important to invest in the children of the world in these other parts of the world because we all live on one planet. We've got to share it. And there's no point, you know, we can't have any of this kind of draconian nationalism, this toxic nationalism. So we're all part of a one world community and we all believe in educating children. I don't, I don't know anybody who's against uh, children getting a good education. So we take our commitment to our foreign partners very seriously. That's the usual kind of shit you'll get. And this guy, on the other hand, he's like, I've, I've been pissed off about this for a long time. I've been asking for years, why the hell are we giving all this money to these people? (laughs) I don't understand. (laughs) I mean, we're taking American money and we're shipping it over to the Ukraine. What the fuck are we doing over there? (laughs) And everyone loses their mind. There are careers built on the back of foreign aid. It's an industry. It's literally the, the aid industry. No wonder they're pissed off.
3: I say, how come it's always the United States that gets ripped Frankly, Ukraine, we want to help them. And I do like the new president. You know why I like him? Because he was honest, because he said there was no pressure.
1: (laughs) No, no, ignore that. There was pressure. Just because the president of the Ukraine said there was no pressure and just because Donald Trump has openly admitted that he doesn't want to give money to the Ukraine, that he's talked about not giving money to the Ukraine for years and years because he doesn't understand why America's always getting ripped off, even though, even though these things happen, he was pressuring the Ukraine with taxpayer money.
4: <laughs> okay.
1: Okay. Got to keep that story going. Yeah. <laughs> going to breathe life into that corpse. Clear! The president of the Ukraine, but the president of the Ukraine said the exact opposite happened. Clear! Come on, come on. Pressure, pressure. You were under pressure. Adam Schiff can be very hypnotic. Those eyes, I mean, they're very glassy most of the time, but they are a very, you know, sort of rich sky blue. And if you look into them long enough, I'm sure that you will experience a kind of vertigo, at least a vertigo-like sensation, followed by nausea, which is generally what happens when you get vertigo. But I'm not sure he's that talented. I'm not sure he's talented enough to convince the entire rest of the Western world that the guy who said he was not pressured was indeed pressured. And he, maybe he's being pressured to say that he wasn't pressured. Now, that that's you want to talk about 4D chess. Whew. That's some chess right there.
3: All exerted on me meaning him, by the President of the United States. He said it. By the way, that one sentence should stop this. Exactly. But he said there was no...
1: It should, but it's not. Because we are dealing with people who are unhinged. Unhinged partisan lunatics, Sir. Sir. Hm. I made the comment yesterday... Uh, was it yesterday or Monday? I can't remember now. Uh, it's it's a it's a sport now. Politics is a sport. People are cheering for their football team, and when their football when your football team commits a foul, you you turn a blind eye. Uh, well, it's about time. We're about time the refs leveled this up. They've been doing fouls all day. It's not our fault. So we get one going in the opposite way. Who cares? That's why they don't care. Yes, that one sentence from the Ukrainian president should end this horrific shit show and expose it for what it is—a com- a complete and utter disaster. It was—it was—it was the single most embarrassing day for the press in the last four years. That press conference—and again, if you want to watch it, uh, we broke it down on Monday. The press conference between uh, the president of the United States and the president of Ukraine, line by line. It was an emasculating experience for the journalists in that room. A humiliating experience. And and it can't be denied. And and it can't be denied when you take into account the fact that the two guys who are sitting there in front of them while the cameras are going are openly laughing in their faces and cracking jokes about them. That's how bad it was. Something you don't see every day,
3: comrades. (laughs) pressure exerted but you don't have to ask him all you have to do is read the transcript read the telephone call but what i was having a problem with the two things number one ukraine is known before him for tremendous corruption tremendous more than just about any country in the world
1: he is to be fair he is a journalist's wet dream though because often when you're a journalist you're trying you're trying ever so you know, you're ever so committed to trying to drag quotes out of your target. You know, you're trying to say things to get them to say things so you can get that quote and spin it and headline it and pump it out and get those clicks, man. It's what it's all about, being creative with how you ask a question. And today's crop of corporate media hacks are are, are a far cry from the talented people of bygone eras. But putting that to one side, he must be a journalist wet dream because this guy asked a, a one-sentence question, a pathetic attempt, mind you, and he's now been going for about five minutes. <laughs> just kaboom, kabang, throwing hand grenades over the fence, setting landmines. It's the scattergun approach. He's taking an AR, he's he's using a rhetorical AR-15 on them right now, just verbally gunning them all down. <laughs> Blood splattering up the walls. It's like you just ask your question and press record on the tape recorder and sit down. All right, let's settle in. Someone someone order a pizza. We might be here a while.
3: In fact, they're rated one of the most corrupt countries in the world. And I don't like giving money to a country that's that corrupt. Number two. <laughs> you don't like I-
1: Again, how often would you hear a politician say that about another country? That is one of the most corrupt countries on earth and I don't want to give money to corrupt countries. Now, of course, I think that there is a reason that he said that, right? I think there is a reason that he specifically said that, that this is one of the most corrupt countries on earth and I don't like giving money to uh, corrupt countries because I think what he's talking about is the kind of corruption that was taking place, as he alluded to in his press conference with the president of the Ukraine, the kind of corruption that was taking place before he was elected president, you see. Because he made a very strong point when he was in that press conference. You know, I think it's very bad what happened with the Crimea, uh, but I just want to let you know that was the last guy. That wasn't me. (laughs) Right? Just throwing that out there. little throwing out a little landmine for somebody to step on at a later time.
3: I said, excuse me, number two, I said the following. And I said this loud and clear to everybody. And in fact, Rob Portman backed me up, and there's nobody more honorable than Rob Portman of Ohio. Because he called up, please let the money go. I said, Rob, I hate being the country that's always giving money. When Ukraine helps Europe and the European countries far more than they help us, They're like a wall between Russia and Europe. They're like a wall. They're a big, wide, beautiful wall. (laughs) I nearly
1: interrupted. I nearly interrupted. Big, beautiful wall. (laughs) But he said it for me. I love it. I do love his predictability in some cases and his unpredictability in others. They're like a big, beautiful wall between Russia and Europe. We love our walls. Just got 10 feet taller.
3: In Europe, they're like a wall. They're a big, wide, beautiful wall. <laughs> Fantastic. And he said, you know what? But it's important. And it, he t- in fact, he came out and he said that. That was my only reason. Because I don't like being the sucker country. We the were the sucker, sucker country. country for years and years. We're not the sucker country anymore. But I gave the money because Rob Portman and others called me and asked. But I don't like to be the sucker. And European countries are helped far more than we are. And those countries should pay more to help Ukraine. Yeah. Ask a question, please. <laughs> <laughs> what, what did you want about Biden? What did you want him to look into on Biden? Look, Biden and his son are stone cold crooked, and you know it. His son walks out with millions of dollars. The kid knows nothing.
1: Do you know? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Stone cold, like, like, he's not fucking around, is he? Everybody's getting a whack today. They're stone cold crooked and you know it and he knows it and every asshole in this room knows it. <laughs> very New I, I've never been to New York, but to me that seems like a very New York kind of way of speaking, you know what? You know, this guy over here, he's a really bad, this guy is a crooked piece of shit and you know it and everybody here knows it, all right? <laughs>
3: and so do we go ahead ask a question but the,
0: the question sir was what did you want president zelensky to do about president vice president biden and his son
1: hunter are
3: you talking to me
1: yeah, yeah I was just are, a are follow- you talking to me there it is <laughs> well done now i i did give heisenberg a little bit of a, a whack earlier but i want to say fantastic job of heisenberg for identifying that moment everybody give heisenberg a round of applause in the chat he earned it for that one are you talking to me? Congratulations. That was, fair. That was a great pickup, sir. A, a fantastic pickup. You have earned your, your ticket money for today. Thank you so much.
3: <laughs> One more time. One more time. Cold, crooked, and you know it. His son walks out with millions of dollars. The kid knows nothing you know it and so do we go ahead ask your question the, the question
0: sir was what did you want president zelensky to do about president vice president biden and his son hunter
3: are you talking to me
1: yeah you I was. now i did say earlier didn't i that I, I although i got the thing that they would focus on wrong i said earlier that They'll probably focus on, I can't even remember what I said. They'll probably focus on this instead of what he's actually saying to the reporters. And it was something, oh, sorry, it was the, uh, the snub. When the Finnish president went in for the handshake, right? And he snubbed him. The Finnish president grabbed his suit jacket and he still snubbed him. And I said, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the headline they go with. If that's the take they go with out of everything that he's saying here. They'll say, President Trump snubs the the president of Finland. I wonder if somebody's already written that story. Hang on. I'm just going to do a quick search and see if somebody's already written that story. This will be epic. No, nothing yet. Trust me, the day is young. The day is young. We could see it by the end of tonight. (laughs) But I said that's the thing they're going to focus on. I was wrong. What they're going to focus on is the three seconds where he said, are you talking to me? That's going to be the story. Donald Trump embarrasses himself at the world stage by saying, are you talking to me? He's so stupid. He doesn't even know who's speaking to him. One must question his mental capacity. I'd like to go to Jim Acosta now for his report. Jim, you were on the floor when Donald Trump asked if he was being spoken to. What do you make of it? Well, thank you very much, Don. Yes, it seemed to be a chaotic moment at the White House today when just after a press conference with the Finnish president, Donald Trump appeared to lose all cognition, didn't know what room he was in or, in fact, who was speaking to him. Are you talking to me? Well, as you can clearly see from this clip, Don... Uh, Donald Trump is in desperate need of some medical attention. Donald Trump has mental issues. It's clouding his judgment. He doesn't know where the voices are coming from. You know, Don, I heard that this is the one of the first signs of senility. Should we be afraid that the president is going senile? Well, absolutely. I think it's something we have to consider. I mean, we can have a guy who's senile running the most powerful country on earth. I mean, who really does these medical checks? We've got a former psychiatrist on now who would like to talk about the mental state of the president. Have you seen these kinds of symptoms before, doctor? Well, indeed, I have. I once had a patient who didn't know who was speaking to him. He would often ask, are you talking to me when there was nobody else in the room? Well, now we have clear evidence. There is a consensus of opinion in the medical world that President Trump is dealing with uh, entry-level insanity, and he needs to be assessed by a real objective professional not the hacks that he surrounds himself with in the white house there you go i just i just filled the next 48 hours of cnn for you in 45 seconds how about that you can thank me later when they when they talk like that later on act surprised
3: just a follow-up of what i just asked you sir listen you ready we have the president of finland ask him a question i have
0: one for him i just wanted to follow up on the one that i asked you which did you hear me did you you hear me
3: Yes, Ask sir. him a question. I, yes. I will. But i am giving you a long answer. Ask this gentleman a question. Don't be rude.
0: No, sir, I don't want to be rude. I just wanted you to have a chance to answer the question that
1: I asked I've you. I've
3: answered everything.
1: I don't want to be rude, Mr. President.
3: It's a whole hoax. And you know who's playing into the hoax? People like you and the fake news media that we have in this country. And I say, in many cases, the corrupt media, because you're corrupt. Much of the media in this country is not just fake, it's corrupt. And you have some very fine people too. Great journalists, great reporters. But it, to a large extent, it's corrupt and it's fake. Ask the president of Finland a question, please.
1: Okay. Now, now, this is what you call pressuring somebody. To my comrades, my Democratic Party comrades, I would suggest that... A pleasant phone conversation where the other party expresses how pleasant this phone conversation was. Who later says that there was no pressure. Who during the press conference says, you know, makes jokes about the kind of hot take that the press is saying about there being somebody being pressured. I would I would just simply ask you to put that up against this. Now, this is pressuring somebody to do something. (laughs) Shut up. Shut up. I've given you a long answer. Now, don't be rude. Ask the president of Finland a question. <laughs> you are corrupt. Stop it. Stop. Shut up. Ask him a question right now. You piece of shit. <laughs> that's that's pressuring somebody. Saying, by the by the way, it's really it's really sad what uh, Obama did to your country. Uh, you know, I think it would be great if you could buy some of our weapons and stuff. I know. Um. Yes, we are looking into uh, corruption as well. Well, if you're looking into corruption, why not have a look at this Biden guy? You know, they've been talking about Biden for a few years. Oh, that's Biden. Yeah, we will look into this. Thank you. He pressured him. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's pressure. Shut the hell up and ask the ask the president of Finland a question. You corrupt piece of shit. That's that's pressuring somebody.
0: I'll move on now, uh, Mr. President. In your opening remarks you said Under to President pressure. Trump that you had been to some museums today and that you respected the US democracy and encouraged him to continue it. Are you concerned that that's not happening? And <laughs>
1: my second question is- <laughs> Look at the look he gives the president of Finland. <laughs> now that's pressure. You would like to see donald trump continue uh uh, american democracy are you concerned that that's not happening
0: (laughs) where do they find these people you sir is the wto rule today in favor of the united states uh saying that the united states can now impose tariffs on european goods because of illegal subsidies
1: against airbus that was
3: a big win for the united states right it was you never had wins with other presidents did you but
1: when- now, now, Donald, you asked him to ask the president of Finland a question. Why are you answering? <laughs> Why are you answering the president of Finland's question, Mr. Trump? <laughs> That's very funny. He, yell- he yells at the guy for five minutes to ask the president of Finland a question, and then he, ca- he doesn't let the president of Finland answer it. <laughs> Look, shut the hell up, you corrupt piece of shit. I'm not talking to you anymore. I want you to ask the president of Finland a question. Stop being rude. Okay? He's come a long way to answer your questions. So shut the hell up, you corrupt asshole, and ask the president of Finland a question. Uh, uh, Okay. Sorry. Um, Mr. President of Finland, um, are you still working with the EU to lower... Look, I'll take this one. (laughs) I'll take this. We've been doing a lot of tremendous work with the with the WTO. Okay, we're looking at tariffs. I'll handle it. You you relax, Mr. President. I'll take this one.
3: they are having a lot of wins at the WTO since I became president. This was a case that started, I think, 10 or 15 years yeah. ago. Okay. But Excuse it, me. It, Your wins are now because they think I don't like the WTO and they want to make sure I'm happy <laughs> because all of those countries were ripping off the... <laughs>
1: now, the president of Finland, he's doing that move he's already been snubbed for the handshake. He's already, you know, done that move where you reach out and grab the suit jacket and like, I'm sorry, would you like to shake my hand? And he was striding up to the dais, striding up to the podium. (laughs) And he's, now he's doing that move. "Uh, If I could, I just want, I would just, if I could, but if there, I just, well, if I, I just want to say, if I just, if I could just for a minute, I just, uh, just what, just, (laughs) well, shut the hell up and ask the president
3: of Finland a question, will you? You corrupt asshole. United States for many years. They know that I'm wise to it. We've had a lot of wins. This was a $7 billion win. Not bad. But 20. I, I so, think the so, question is for so me. So the question,
1: for you. Yes, Mr. President, the question is for you. There,
3: <laughs> there you have it.
1: <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, uh, Mr. President, the question is for me. Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> All right. Now... I'm not sure if this was happening at the same time or maybe just a little bit earlier that uh, Adam Schiff and Nancy Pelosi decided to have their own press conference and no, there was no president of Finland present, unfortunately for us. But Nancy and uh, Adam decided to have a little chat with the press regarding the impeachment proceedings. Things like this. I'm always curious. I, I wish I knew what the timing was. I... I would suspect, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, and I could be wrong because I don't know. I suspect that they went first and then the president came out. Because everybody, like with these kinds of things, when these things are organized and they're set so you can have the reporters there ahead of time to cover it, right? So I tend to suspect with these kinds of things, everybody knows when everybody else's press conferences are because all of the little underling employees all talk to each other. 'Cause they, they, you know, they have coffee together, they have lunch together. What are you doing? Oh, at eleven o'clock I've got this over here with the White House. Oh, at one o'clock I'm doing this over here with Pelosi and shit whatever it is, right? So they all know the timing of what when these things go on. And I tend to yeah, there's the flags again, right? Give <laughs> me in the chat. Oh my god, there's there's American flags over draped over every Democrat now. They've all become patriots in the last six weeks. It's incredible. There must be an election around the corner. Pardon my cynical mind. So I wonder if they went a little bit earlier because you would try to set the tone. You would try to you would try to make your story the story for the next twenty four hours, and that's that's everybody. That's not just Democrat. That's not a Democrat thing to do. That's just smart politics. That's like managing the media, right? So if you know that somebody's going to be having a press conference where they're going to be saying some shit later on in the day, you try to get in first to make sure that. Uh, People are already writing stories about what you want them to talk about, rather than what the next guy is talking about, right? So, uh, I'd like to know, you know, whether this was before or during. If it's during, I don't know if it's during because I suspect that most reporters would have been at the president's press conference and not this one. But you know,
4: we are concerned that the White House will attempt to stonewall our investigation, much as they have stonewalled other committees in the past. Um, Stonewall. It's why I say the White House needs to understand mm. that any action like that, uh, that forces uh, us to litigate or have to consider litigation, mm. uh, will be considered further evidence of obstruction of justice. Uh, and of course, that
1: <laughs> no, that's not that's not how it works. That, that's not how it works, Adam. <laughs> See how many people believe this nonsense. Now, if you're a a rational person and you're being objective and you're being honest, right, there is a process and people have a right to, um, you know, subpoena things and people have a right to claim that they have a right to certain documents and stuff. But at the same time, other people have a right to challenge those things, to challenge those pronouncements. And that's the process that you work through. Now, you can say, oh, it's stonewalling, but it's legal. It's legal to do it. Right? But you can't, if you're trying to charge somebody with obstruction of justice, then you can't accuse, when they go through the legal process of challenging certain things, right? You can't use that as evidence of obstruction of justice. <laughs> like, how dumb are people? You know, You know, the White House has been challenging us in court and this is evidence that they are obstructing justice. No, that is justice, you see. Because if people weren't allowed to challenge the thing that you do in the courtroom with their own things in the courtroom, then that would be unjust. If you were the only people that were allowed to make the rules and make the demands and have the courts do whatever you want them to do and the other party didn't have the right to argue back and challenge back, then that's not justice, Adam. He knows this stuff. He knows that. They're not doing anything illegal by challenging things. (laughs) Well, well, I'm afraid if the Trump administration uh, goes to court to try and stop us from doing things, then I'm afraid this is more obstruction of justice. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Good luck
4: with that one. ...was an article of impeachment against uh, Nixon, the obstruction of the lawful functions of Congress, that is. Uh, We will also draw the inference, though, um, as appropriate, that they are trying to conceal facts that would corroborate the allegations in the West...
1: (laughs) Baba Bowie in the chat asking, who's this dumbass Aussie? I don't know, you've been in this room for about 45 minutes now. Haven't you figured it out? (laughs) You must be really slow, bro. (laughs) Sit here for nearly an hour. Who, who is this fucking idiot? <laughs> who is this fucking idiot that I've been wasting my time listening to all evening? What the hell is going on? Why am I here? Why am I listening to this idiot? Why am I listening to this dumbass Aussie? He says nothing of importance or relevance. He makes no sense whatsoever. I'll stay for another 10 minutes. Just to make sure. Explore a complaint. So, Thanks for joining us, by the way. You're welcome back anytime. We'll
4: have to decide uh, whether to litigate uh, or how to litigate. Um, we're not fooling around here, though. Uh, no, we fooling don't, around don't here. want this to drag on months and months and months, which appears to be the administration's strategy. Uh, so they just need to know that even as they try to undermine our ability ten to minutes. find the facts around...
1: Just another 10 minutes. ...the
4: president's effort to coerce a foreign leader to create uh, dirt that he can use against a political opponent, um, that they will be strengthening the case on obstruction if they uh, behave that way.
1: Fantastic stuff. Uh, Our friend said, uh, the reason he's here is he's trolling my dumb ass. Generally, I I don't want to give you an education on trolling, comrade, but... Generally, when uh, the the entire rest of the room is laughing at you at your trolling operation, that's generally considered a failure. <laughs> I'm afraid it's not. I'm afraid it's not mission accomplished today, my friend. But better luck next time. You will learn from this experience, and I believe in giving people second chances. So well done. For, I'm I'm here Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, 6 p.m. Uh, just hit the subscribe button. That way you won't miss it. Uh, Allow notifications because I want you here. I want you here. I want you ready five minutes before I come on every single show. Just wouldn't be the same without you. I feel like we've got a real connection now. You know what I mean? Like it would be missing something if you weren't joining us. I genuinely mean that. Press one in the chat if you would like our friend to join us every single episode and provide us with entertainment. Just, Just let him know how you feel. What a welcome part of the community is. See, we're very tolerant here. Very inclusive. Very friendly. Former white supremacist. Kicking extremists off social media plays into the victimhood narrative. Who would have thought? It's a wall of ones in the chat. (laughs) See, everybody loves you, bro. Everybody loves you. I mean, I didn't know I didn't know the definition of trolling had changed, but now you're the most popular guy in the room. Well done. It's quite a talent. Very difficult. Some people try really hard to be liked. You didn't even have to try at all. You just wandered in. <laughs> Congratulations. See, see how popular you are. You're getting a Christmas card. Former white supremacist kicking extremists off social media plays into the victimhood narrative. Uh, long-time listeners of this show will know that I'm of the opinion that uh, even the most extreme voices should be allowed. I don't even want them just allowed on social media. If you're some kind of a hate preacher or whatnot, I want you on primetime news. I want you being pumped into the living rooms of every household at 7pm because that way everybody gets to see how crazy you are, right? Once we start pushing these things under the rug, once we start shoving them into the dark corners, then we give unwarranted legitimacy to things. We create the scenario where people can then legitimately turn around and say, well, they're only kicking me off because I'm telling the truth, right? Which isn't necessarily true. And if you restrict people's access to these voices, these more extreme kind of voices, then you're robbing people of their right to hear what these people have to say. If you think that um, people listen to extreme voices and then instantaneously become followers of said people, then you have no faith in your fellow human beings at all. Your assumption must be that all human beings are merely automatons waiting to be programmed by somebody else. Now on some level that might well be true when it comes to subliminal advertising and that kind of thing. But if you legitimately think that if somebody gets up on a social media platform and says some heinous shit, that millions of people are just going to instantly start following them, go, yeah, that guy's right. Then you either uh, have very little faith in your fellow human being or you have very little faith in your own level of discernment. Because if removing people from such platforms is required to keep people safe, then you are also robbing yourself of the right to hear what they have to say, which means that you give yourself even less credit than you give everybody else. A former white supremacist turned anti-hate activist said Friday that kicking extremists off social media platforms when they violate company policy just plays into their victimhood narrative. He said, quote, I don't believe deplatforming works, author and motivational speaker Arno Michaelis told Hill TV during an appearance on Rising. All violent extremism ideologies are rooted in victimhood and when you de-platform someone, you're feeding into that vit- victimhood narrative. <clears throat> Former white supremacist, king extremist of social media plays into victimhood narrative. Um, Here's a story for you. Another edition of Have we gone completely stark raving mad? This will be fun. I haven't watched this yet. I've just I've only seen the headline, so this should be good.
5: A local dental hygienist loses his license and is branded a sex abuser for treating his wife. It's because of. (coughs)
1: Um. So this dental hygienist <clears throat> has a job at a dentist clinic. Uh, he has sex with one of his patients. <laughs> that patient happens to be his wife. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Fire his ass!
1: That's un- having sex with your wife is unethical. <laughs>
5: The law, Alex Tanasi and his wife call outdated and unfair. Dentists can treat their spouses, but dental hygienists can't.
1: What the fuck is that? <laughs> See, these are the real issues that we should be focused on in the world. Why does the dentist get to sleep with his patients, but I can't? I'm just the cleaner. He is the dentist equivalent of the janitor. So the dentist, the guy who actually gasses the women and makes them fall asleep with their mouths open, he's fine. Go hog wild, man. Have fun. You only live once. But the guy who preps this person and cleans them and all that kind of stuff, hey, hands off, pervert. (laughs) That's so dumb
5: now tenacity is left <laughs> devastated and without a job ctv's heather center brings us this story tonight heather this has happened before according to the they fired him
1: they fired him
5: <laughs> ontario dental hygienists association five different times rosie the first in 2005 alex and wife has a dental phobia and says she's uncomfortable in the chair but felt at ease with her husband not knowing they'd be paying a heavy price because of it
1: wow <laughs> I'm scared of dentists, so I will only let my husband treat me. Are you having sex with your wife while she's your patient? Yes, I am. (laughs) Get the hell out. Clean up your desk. It's time to go.
5: This social media post started it all. The photo, taken in June 2016. Wow. The dental hygienist, Alex Tenassi. The patient, his then-fiancé, and now wife. Unfortunately, (laughs) that experience has led to a devastating end. Someone saw the post and filed a complaint to the College of Dental Hygienists of Ontario. Boo!
1: Boo! I've, I've never been a report guy. You know what I mean? Like, even to the most extreme scenario. Uh, Back when I didn't have my DMs open, like, when you first join Twitter, you have your DMs open to just anybody, right? Because you don't really know how it works. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I remember getting a a DM once from some uh, Arabic account where it was just a guy masturbating (laughs) sent me a picture. I didn't even, I struggled with, should I report this for an hour? I'm like, should I report this? because I don't block either. So I just deleted the DM and I never got I never got another one. It was just a one off. But I couldn't I couldn't even bring myself to report that. I, imagine imagine living as the person. You're scrolling through Facebook or Twitter and you see a very happy, very cheerful, very joyous post of, "Hey, I'm finally getting my teeth done. My lovely husband here is checking on my teeth. My lovely husband, I'm in the best of care. I'm so happy because I have a phobia about dentists. This is so great. I love my husband so much. Imagine being the kind of person that sees something like that and go, you know what? I think that's against the rules. (laughs) I think this is unethical. It's the kind of person who writes angry letters to the editor back in the 80s. Dear dental board of whichever state they're in, I am deeply concerned about the posts that I have seen on social media. Apparently, you allow your dental hygienist to have sex with their patients. This is most unbecoming of a professional board. If you do not take immediate action, I will be forced to take this to the courts. It's like, fuck off. Who the fuck are you? (laughs) Get a life, man. How miserable would you have to be to do something like that? I'm glad they fired him. I ruined that man's life. I'm a hero <laughs> what kind of what kind of a sick population have we become? What kind of a sick embittered demented society have we become where this is now this is normal? We love dobbing we love pointing figures we love reporting things Thank <laughs> you shouldn't say that thank you yeah <laughs> just sad this is the kind of shit that makes you want to like just sell up the house and just go off grid and live in like a unibomber shack or something in the middle of the woods you know what i mean start writing diary entries about what's wrong with the world were you really angry at uh, capitalism no no i was angry at the kind of pricks that report things on facebook for no reason that just tr- just try to go around and piss on everybody's happiness i was angry at that
5: Tenassi lost his license to practice. This is the agreed statement of facts. The discipline committee says since Tenassi treated his wife, he's deemed a sexual abuser.
1: Fucking hell. <laughs> sexual abuser. Like just just when you thought it couldn't got it couldn't get any worse. Right? You know? Just when you thought it couldn't get any worse. I'm sorry, you treated your wife, we have to let you go because some annoying piece of shit on Facebook decided to report your lovely post. Uh, and by the way, just before you leave, uh, here's a name tag for you. From now on, you will be known as a sex abuser. Uh, what? <laughs> good, good. He shouldn't be abusing his patients, even if he's married to them.
0: <laughs> Do he accuse of sexual abuse?
1: fucking horrifying look what they've done to this guy look at what we're doing to people you know when I become world leader which should be any day now I'm sure but when I become a leader dictator of the world the first my first order of business my first executive order is if you want to run a social media platform you have to remove the report button (laughs) There will be no more reporting. No reporting of anything or anyone at any time. Because even though sometimes it's important to report crimes and all that kind of shit, you people cannot be trusted. You are, you are being very irresponsible with the report button. And you are making innocent people now be labeled as sex abusers. They're crying on TV. Disgusting. Because there was no sexual abusing.
5: The zero tolerance policy when it comes to dental hygienists cleaning their spouses' teeth was implemented by... Keep on
1: rockin' in the free world! It's very unfair to call me a sexual abuser because there was no sexual abuse. This is bad. Boo! Report that piece of shit! Keep on rockin'
5: in the free world! The province back in 1993. Tanasi says he was misinformed. A colleague told him that policy changed.
0: I had no, no reason to doubt my colleague.
5: His license revoked for five years. He had practiced at this Guelph dental office since 2014. Tenassi and his wife say their world has been turned upside down.
0: Not just his job, but like our livelihood. You know, we could lose our home from this.
1: Say, I'm sorry to say. Your mistake was assuming that the world isn't filled with cunts. That's that's your problem. That was your that was your mistake dear. I'm sorry. You thought that you could put a nice thing on social media and say how nice it is and I love my husband and stuff. And you you underestimated. You underestimated the bitterness of the average human being. The do goodness in your fellow man. Uh, what state is it in? Good question. Oh, it's in... It's it, it's okay, guys. It's in Canada. It's in Canada. It's in Ontario. It's in Ontario. Isn't that lovely? <clears throat> Isn't it funny? You can uh, lose your house for having sex with your wife because you're employed as a dental hygienist and you clean her teeth whilst on the job. But if you run around and get pictured in blackface, <laughs> you can run the country. <laughs> now You get sometimes... Don't you think sometimes that our priorities are a little skewed? Not that I particularly care about blackface, but I think that having sex with your wife is probably less offensive to most people, if you follow me. might be more offensive to you, I'm not sure I've met your wife, but you know, whatever.
5: It totally breaks my heart. The Ontario Dental Hygienists Association says it sympathizes with Tenassi's situation, but points out rules are rules. Rules are rules. Dentists can
2: treat their spouse, but dental hygienists cannot. It's a small practice setting that adds to the confusion. And I would say to a certain extent, probably
0: adds to the frustration.
1: Yeah, to a certain extent. (laughs) It's the rule. the, The rules are confusing, guys. It's not our fault. It's not our fault. Maybe we need to get back to God. Maybe a little religion will fix us all up. What do you say? But now we have this problem where we can't trust the priests. We can't trust the men of the cloth. Because it's been well reported recently, the kind of horrendous things that they are getting up to. What am I dressing up as? as, What are you dressing as the Halloween? I'm not sure. Good question. I'll, I'll I'll be something really scary and be a rational sane human being. Oh my god. Do you mean that you're not you are you Is this guy not culturally appropriating somebody? <sighs> well, he's obviously a neo-nazi who's trying to hide his racism. Let's kick him off social media. I mean, look at him. He's wearing jeans and a t-shirt. It's got to be some kind of lunatic. None calls for robot priests and post-human Catholic church after abuse scandal. Now we're rocking and rolling. I'm dressing up as a dental hygienist. Are you looking to pick up? <laughs> you trying to pick up chicks? <laughs> robots have been active in Japanese Buddhist temples for years. I thought the Buddhists were all about soul and all of that shit. I thought they really cared about the spirit of the human and that kind of thing. Yeah, no, we'll just replace them with robots silly me here I was thinking that the robot revolution was going to take a lot of the white collar jobs and then start to take a lot of the service industry jobs like you'll start talking to a machine when you go to McDonald's and stuff like that I didn't know that the robot revolution had also made its way into faith which is a little confusing especially when all the religious books talk about you know the sentient human beings and their soul and their connection to God and all of that kind of stuff Sorry, Father, for I have sinned. Press press 1 if your sin involved sexual activity. Are you a dental hygienist? <laughs> it's a sin to have sex with your wife when you're a dental hygienist. <laughs> isn't, this, isn't this a great idea? Replace the priest with robots. What could possibly go wrong? A senior Catholic theologian has made a bizarre suggestion that robots could be ordained as priests. A priest, Franciscan Sister Iladilio, a chair of theology at Villanova University, said the church should be reimagined with robots working alongside humans. Let's reimagine the church, guys. It's okay. I just got off the phone to God, and he thinks that this whole book thing is getting a little stuffy. I just got off the phone with the big guy upstairs, and Jesus is quite uh, certain that we could jazz up the place a little bit. How about we bring in some robot bartenders? Great move, sir. She claimed, she claimed robots have an advantage as they would be unable to commit sexual abuse and be gender neutral. That's not true, though. That's not true. Claiming that robots would be unable to commit sexual abuse. We've done this story. And people who are longtime listeners of this show, you don't even have to be a longtime listener. Do you remember the story about a month ago? You know where I'm going with this. We did the story a month ago where the guy was arguing if uh, a malfunctioning sex robot could commit rape because if something goes wrong with its programming and it doesn't understand the word no, then we could have a whole bunch of rape victims who were raped by a robot. And in the, the, the problem was the ethical legal situation, right? Because if a robot rapes you, who goes to prison? <laughs> so they're trying to solve this, this uh, legal conundrum of if a sex robot malfunctions and rapes you and has sex with you when you don't want it to who is responsible and ultimately they say that you have to be responsible because you purchased the robot you brought the robot into your house and then if it turns into a rape machine that you can't you can't send a robot to prison so now we're going to have all of these rape victims raped by robots and nobody's going to go to jail for it because it, it just malfunctions <laughs> So the, the woman of the cloth, the foreseer of the future, the, our spiritual guide, has got one of the fundamental arguments of her, uh, the one of the fundamental uh, axioms of her argument wrong from the get-go. Robots won't be able to rape people? Really? We've already done this. Typical church so far behind the times. They want to bring in the robot priests, but they haven't done the homework. <laughs> The sister also said our current idea of what a priest is would change with evolving technology. Sister Delio told Vox, take the Catholic church. It's very male, very patriarchal. How did I know that was coming? (laughs) How did I know that the patriarchy was going to work its way into this theological discussion? You know, Take the Catholic Church, for example. It's a white male dominated industry of patriarchy. I think it's time that we replace the men with robots, just to be safe. We have this whole serial abuse crisis, so why would I want to be, so would I want a robot priest? Maybe, she says. A robot can be gender neutral, which is very godly. I'm sure that's in the Bible somewhere, somewhere in the back. And he said unto them, May your machines of the cloth not have neither penises nor vaginas may they never rape may they listen to you may they forgive you and your sins oh, jesus christ is in the chat on youtube thank you for thank you for joining us sir he says i heard black robots rape 50% more <laughs> jesus christ don't blame me it's coming from it's coming from upstairs this is an ordained comment <laughs> Delio added, we tend to think in either or framework. It's either us or the robots. But this is about partnership, not replacement. It can be a symbolic relationship if we approach it that way. The Catholic notion would say the priest is ontologically challenged uh, changed upon ordination. Is that really true? We have these fixed philosophical ideas and AI challenges those ideas. It challenges Catholicism to move toward a post-human priesthood. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) So because we have AI, that must mean now that the church needs to go into the realm of transhumanism. We need to replace ourselves with robots because AI exists ladies and gentlemen this person is a pastor (laughs) getting some good spiritual guidance there fantastic stuff well done uh one more story to see us out for the night another reason why you should have no faith in humanity whatsoever if it's not the uh the, the guy getting fired and labeled as a sex abuser for having sex with his wife If it's not the nun who wants to replace priests with robots, it will definitely be this. Beaumont Royal Oak scrambles when woman in zombie makeup shows up. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. The trained, the good trained men and women of the medical industry. (laughs) Couldn't tell the difference between a legitimate facial injury and makeup. (laughs) Oh my God, what happened to you? Dr. Collins, can you come down to emergency, please, immediately? It looks like we've got somebody who's been bitten by a zombie. How the hell do we treat this? I don't know! I don't know! A professional dancer caused a scare at Beaumont Hospital Royal Oak Monday night when she had a panic attack while getting zombie makeup done, and her look put the hospital on high alert. The hospital workers thought that they were being attacked by a zombie. Ladies and gentlemen... (laughs) most educated people amongst us. Perhaps only outdone by the lawyers. Jai Fears is no stranger to makeup. She toured with Aretha, Charlie Wilson, and others as a backup dancer, so makeup wasn't a big deal. Let's have a look at this video, shall we?
2: Just get her back to trauma now, and she's probably going into shock. She's not making any sense. Well, you would be sent to the trauma at the emergency room if you came in looking like this. (laughs)
1: Oh, my God, she's had half of her face bitten off. (laughs) Did we check this for makeup? We don't have time. She needs to go to the trauma center immediately. We don't have time to check for makeup. What are you, some kind of idiot? Put her on the bed now. (laughs) We're running out of time, man.
5: Literally just shot up to my brain and it just caused like a really bad uh, reaction.
2: The reaction was at Royal Oak Beaumont Hospital. Taking selfies. Sunday afternoon. Now, Jay is a professional dancer, having toured with Aretha Franklin, Charlie Wilson, and others. So, wearing makeup is no big deal. And on this day. Getting ready to do a photo shoot to do some marketing for glam gore for people who want to get their makeup done for the Halloween season. But after three hours of getting her makeup done, Jay had a panic attack and was rushed to the hospital still in her makeup. She was totally fine later that day. Yet the makeup looked really real. It's this
1: (laughs) Okay. Now I'm even more concerned. I'm not concerned for the girl with the makeup. I'm I'm generally concerned that the people in the hospital were concerned that she had a flesh eating bacteria on her face instead of just makeup. But I'm more concerned, most of all, that the guy reporting this story is actually on TV. Who the hell, who the hell let this ham actor into the studio in the first place? And the people at the hospital were concerned that her real makeup looked really real. It's like, it's like he's doing a children's party. (laughs) Hi, boys and girls. Welcome to the zombie show. Well, you don't want to go to the hospital with your zombie face on. They might not know what to do. It looks really real. This is like local news. Where the fuck did they get this guy from? Sounds like he's had a stroke. Are you guys that good? I think so. <laughs> <If we've- laughs> Look at him. Are you guys really that good? working at fucking disneyland game show host yes
2: <laughs> oh don't we're that good <laughs> jay why did look at look at the exaggerated you just nodding. tell the people i, I think so if <laughs> we uh, fall we're that good <laughs> yes. jay
1: why didn't you it's ju- one of those things either he either he's retarded or he thinks everybody else is you know what i mean either he's slow in the head or he thinks everybody else is slow in the head Well, hi there, Jane. Is your makeup really that good? Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh, wow. (laughs) He either has the mind of a five-year-old or he assumes everybody else has the mind of a five-year-old. Oh
2: boy, your makeup looks super. Fuck. (laughs) Just tell the people at Beaumont that this injury was fake. have to know so no i did not say nothing because i just assumed that they could see that it
1: ah that was your problem you assumed you assumed that they could see that you were wearing makeup on your face because they work in a hospital (laughs) silly girl you assumed that the trained and professional staff at your local hospital would be able to tell the difference between makeup and a zombie infection Oh, silly girl. You're never going to make that mistake again.
2: It was fake. Beaumont can't comment on individual patients, but oh. told me that the emergency room is not a place for fun and games. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so what, They now they think it's a prank? <laughs> <laughs> ha ha, very funny. Look, you fooled us with the fake zombie makeup, okay? But let me tell you, this is a serious place of serious business. You can't just come in here waltzing in here with your zombie makeup. Why wouldn't we take it seriously? Zombies are very real. Who knows, maybe there is a zombie infection. We have to consider all options. Well done. Well, okay, you got us fine. But let me tell you something, young lady. <laughs> if you ever th- if you think that you're going to wander in here one day with a flesh-eating virus, guess who's not getting guess who's not going to get treated, okay? You've done your dash. You have cried wolf, young lady. This is a serious place of business. Not some fun shack for you to act out your little zombie fantasies. You should be ashamed of yourself, young lady.
2: They see many patients with severe medical issues where lives are at stake. Doctors need to be able to focus on those patients with true emergency.
1: (laughs) Because they couldn't tell the difference between a zombie flesh-eating virus... And makeup. They're now making. They're now saying that she's the asshole in this. (laughs) This is all your fault. If you didn't come in here with your zombie makeup on, we wouldn't have to put out this statement. Young lady, how dare, how dare you? Well, you've let yourself down. You've let your parents down. You've let everybody down. Just because we couldn't tell the difference between zombie makeup. And a flesh-eating virus. Well, this just proves to me that young people these days have no respect for hospitals. No respect. Blame, blame the victim. <laughs> <laughs> and that, ladies and gentlemen, is why you should have absolutely no faith in humanity whatsoever. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> I hope you had a fun night tonight. Uh, I'll be back on Sunday night with Trust and Verify. Yes, we will be on this week at 6 p.m. Thank you so much for joining us. If you'd like to become a supporter of the show, please head over to patreon.com forward slash boogie bumper. Become a subscriber by hitting the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you would like to show me your zombie makeup, then you can do so by following me on Twitter at boogie bumper. Uh, don't forget to follow our friends at real person pltcs at ChrisMC44, 44, who is on right now, but when is he not on? That's the real question. Uh, also y censored at y censored uh, underscore Kimmy jong-un tomorrow night Thursday night for my favorite things I'll be back Sunday and Monday night 6 pm with another edition of the daily boogie thank you so much for joining us until next time guys stay calm stay rational god bless we'll see you soon bye bye